0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Lazarus. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Llewellyn, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon.
1: And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so a few weeks ago, we heard about Lazarus in one of the stories being read aloud at church. And as I sat there listening, all I could think of was he really just let Lazarus die. Why? Why would you do that? Even if you knew you could bring him back, why would you do that? Now, before we get into that, we should really, for those who aren't as familiar with this story or maybe weren't in church that Sunday, take a step back and remind people who Lazarus is.
0: Indeed. Indeed. So there's a story in the Bible. This happens in the Gospel of John where Jesus is with the disciples and they have traveled. They've gone off a distance and they get word sent to them by Jesus's close friends. This is a family that lives in Bethany. It is a a town outside of Jerusalem and Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus are good friends of Jesus's. Mm -hmm. They're like, the people Jesus would hang out with on his days off. They're not disciples, they're not people that he is really necessarily responsible for, they're like the people that he hangs out with and goes and stays at their house and eats pizza and hang, not pizza, you know what Mm -hmm, I mean? mm -hmm. These are like actual friends. Mm -hmm. They still learn from Jesus, they believe in him, they see him as the Messiah, they believe in what he's doing. And they are good friends with Jesus. So this is who Mary and Martha and Lazarus are to Jesus. So Jesus and the disciples, they're out in the countryside. They're a couple days journey away from Bethany. They receive a message saying, Lazarus is ill. Please come quickly. And Jesus says to the disciples, we're not going to go. Don't worry about it. Mm Mm-hmm. And the disciples are like, well, why? We should we should go. These are your buddies. What's going on here? And he's like, nope, it's going to be fine. He's going to die, but it's okay. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> That's pretty much my reaction sitting in the pew. Right? And he says, no, 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 This is this is meant to be. We're going to let this happen. And there's this really weird part in the scripture, and it gets very difficult to preach on because it's this section that is like... We're going to let him die so that we can reveal God's glory.
1: I was wondering if like something got translated strangely or if it was the particular version we were listening to. But as I was sitting there, I'm like, he's really not only not going to go back and see his buddy before he dies, but he's going to go further away and be even farther from being helpful. Because most people in that situation are like, well, I'm at least going to go back and say goodbye, let alone try to be a help to those who are
0: around him. And it was like, hmm,
1: what am I missing? Because that doesn't seem right.
0: Yeah, it's real weird, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So the disciples don't really get it either. We kind of really don't get it either. So they end up like chilling for a couple more days where they are. And then Jesus is like, okay, it's time to go. Let's head on back. So they head on to Judea. They head on to Bethany. And they hear on the way that Lazarus has died. And it's very clear that Jesus has a very different expectation. Like Jesus is like, yep, I knew this was going to happen. La-di-da-di-da. Maybe not la-di-da-di-da. Like Jesus Mm -hmm. is not taking this blatantly. He's not being uncouth about it. But Jesus is... Aware of Lazarus's death before he returns and heads on back to Bethany. The disciples are very confused by all of this, kind of like we are. Mm -hmm. Why did you make this choice? And of course, Lazarus's sisters are very confused Mm -hmm. and very frustrated by the choice of their friend. And that's where the Meat of this reading, the heartbeat of this story comes in because then when Jesus comes back to Bethany, when he gets there, we are met with the reaction from the sisters. Mm -hmm. They have already buried their brother. It has been days, it's been three days since their brother died. He has been buried, he is in a tomb, and they Finally, see Jesus showing up, and Mary comes and runs out, sees him, and runs out to him on the road and greets him not so kindly. I would not have
1: been kind myself.
0: That's a lot of grief to be
1: dealing with, especially having expected a completely different reaction from somebody that I would have felt I was that close to. Yeah. I would have been confused
0: and very, very angry and hurt, Mm -hmm. personal betrayal. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that Mary says to Jesus is, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mm -hmm. And it's very much that sense of the understanding that Jesus is a healer. Jesus has been healing people for so long in this area. And it is something that they have seen time and time again. They are very aware of Jesus's capacities. And for Mary, it's just this painful truth. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus responds in a very Joannine gospel kind of way, right? This is the gospel of John for folks who haven't listened back to our backlog of podcast episodes, the gospel of John is one that has lots of layers of meanings and lots of ways in which things are revealed. And there's always a story beneath the story. And so Jesus responds in a very Joannine manner saying, do you believe that I am the son of God? Do you believe that I can do these things? Do you believe that I am the Messiah? And Mary responds with an acclamation of faith saying, I know that you are the son of God. I know you can do these things. I know you can heal. And Jesus reassures her that her brother will be fine. And she doesn't understand and she doesn't comprehend, but she trusts and puts her faith in this friend of hers that she does believe in. And she turns and she goes and she finds her sister. Her sister comes out, finds Jesus, and greets him, not necessarily with kindness. Mm-hmm. But again, that same, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. And I, I have to wonder about like those days, right? The time it took to send the letter, the days of travel, the days of the death the days of the funeral, the three days of mourning after, how much did that phrase become like the mantra of their grief? Mm-hmm. You know, if Jesus gets here, he will not die. Once Jesus is here, he will not die. Once it's G- going to be you know,
1: okay once Jesus gets here.
0: Right? When Jesus is here, he'll get better. Once, it, And then that would morph into if Jesus had been here, he would not have died.
1: I got to be honest. In that situation, once I realized that my brother had died and Jesus did not come, Mm -hmm. that would
0: have been the end of my faith. Yeah. And that is the end of faith for so many people. Let's be honest with that, Mm -hmm. that we have in North America, and I think across the world, but I'll only speak to my experiences here in North America and time in chaplaincy and those kinds of pieces, where we have created this kind of understanding of a transactional God, where if we demand or we ask for or we pray for, we act in a certain way, then our prayers will be met. And therefore, if our prayers are not met, then God must have abandoned or God is gone or we are unworthy. And therefore, our faith gets broken in some way or our faith breaks in some way.
1: And I'm not even sure I would have expected him to heal. Mm. I think where my faith would have been broken is the fact that he didn't even
0: bother to show up Oof. for comfort, right? Yeah. Like at least show up and be present. Exactly. Yeah. You got to at least show up and put in the time. I don't know, which is something I'm guilty of myself
1: for showing up for friends and family, right? We all are because we're
0: human. We're human, But it's a good reminder. It is a good reminder that showing up matters, Mm -hmm. right? But in this moment, I think, and maybe that's part of what we're learning about, or maybe that's part of this lesson, who knows? The reaction that Jesus has in that moment to Martha and to her, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's the shortest verse in the Gospels, and it is so... Powerful. Because what ultimately happens in this story is that Lazarus is resurrected. Mm -hmm. Jesus is going to bring Lazarus back to life in just a few verses. It's not much longer before Lazarus walks out of that tomb alive again and back into the arms of his sisters. And in this moment, having had a confession of faith from Mary. This confrontation with Martha, this same words, the same grief, and behind Martha come all of these mourners who have been with them and who are crying alongside of them and the community is grieving alongside of them. Jesus sees all of this. And in this moment, his response, the verse is, Jesus wept. And I will often, in times of great sorrow or grief, there are so many times where we have been told to not feel our emotions, particularly men in our culture, try very hard to not cry. And at times of death or at bedsides of those who are dying or who have just died or at the graveside, people will apologize to me for crying And I look at them and I say, even Jesus wept. And he knew better than any of us that Lazarus was coming back to life in just a few minutes. And yet in the face of death and grief, even Jesus still wept. Who are we to deny ourselves the power of tears in the face of grief when even Jesus wept? So whether he was weeping for the break in relationship because he had not shown up Mm -hmm. in the pain that they had been through because he did not show up or for the loss that they had experienced for the difficulty that was coming when Lazarus was brought back to life. Because once Lazarus was brought back to life, the authorities began to track Jesus and began to track Lazarus as well, because Lazarus was proof of Jesus's power. Actions have consequences. Actions have consequences. And so there's so many levels at which we we have no idea why it was. But what we know is this pivotal moment. Tears were present in the eyes of Christ. And Jesus turned and walked with the community back to the tomb. And Martha was like, don't, you know, be careful opening the tomb because yeah. he's we been dead for We all know what it means days. to be dead
1: for three days. Right. Mm-hmm. Like
0: it has a, quite a smell, quite a fragrance. He's been dead for three days. And I think it's important to note that that is there to really make clear that Lazarus is dead, dead. Like not just maybe dead, but actually unconscious. Yeah. Not on some sort of life support. Hadn't fallen in a very cold river. Right. And this was Mm pre-medical science. And so, you know, there was going to be a miracle that he actually woke back up, right? Because Mm -hmm. this was before they could have monitors, electrical monitors on him. And so he's actually had a very slow heart rate the entire time, Mm -hmm. but right? Lazarus was dead, dead. He had been in the tomb for three days. There would be a stench because once people have been dead for several days, decomposition begins and there is an odor. Mm -hmm. There's an absolute odor to this. And that reality gets placed all the way into our scripture, written in and stays in the translations. So I think when we get that kind of a detail We have to think, why is that detail there? A story about Jesus eating fish after the resurrection. Why does it matter that Jesus is eating fish after the resurrection? Well, it proves he's not a ghost. Mm -hmm. He can actually eat something and swallow it. And this is why we're hearing this story. This is why it stays in the Gospels in the writing it down and preserving it for generations, part of our story, right? Mm-hmm. So we have this moment to say, no, no, he's really real for real, is he's dead, dead. And they open the tomb, and Jesus prays a prayer and then calls for Lazarus to come out. And Lazarus walks out under his own power. And then the community is called to unbind him, to take the funeral wrappings off of him and bring him back into community. And that's the end of our story.
1: Knowing the parallels between the death, the three days, the rolling away of the stone, Mm -hmm. all of that, I kind of found myself wishing that I knew. The same way that you know that Jesus had those wounds when he was resurrected. Did Lazarus... So people understood that he really was that dead dead? Or mm. did he come back looking like he did pre sickness the first time?
0: Mm. That's such a great question. But you don't ever know, do you? You don't ever know. It's never directly addressed in the scripture itself. We know that Lazarus then was watched by the authorities. We know that the authorities began to plot, according to the Gospel of John, since this is where this is found, that... It was after this that the authorities began to truly plot against Jesus, but we don't we don't know much beyond that. There's a lot of kind of outside of the scripture myths about the character of Lazarus. People have loved to suppose that did he become immortal because he had been resurrected and then he could never die? So Lazarus is still alive and walking among us today. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, so I think there was a TV show like that at one point in time. He
1: tends to show up in pop culture in various ways. Yes. Right.
0: It's an intriguing story. It is. It is an intriguing story in that way. People have wondered about, you know, once he had died once, did he have to die again? How did all that go? What happened to Lazarus? But we don't, we don't actually know. Interesting. One of my questions was going to
1: be, where does the healing, I mean, the ultimate healing of Lazarus fall in the realm of Jesus's miracles and works of healing? As you said, it seems to be in the middle, but he continues to heal and do other things after this, right?
0: I believe so. But the healing of Lazarus is a major sign in the Gospel of John. So we have the signs in the Gospel of John versus the miracles, rain. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's are signs that point to Jesus. So the sign of the water becoming wine at the wedding in Cana is the first of the signs that point to Jesus. And I believe that the raising of Lazarus may be the last, and then we start turning to the cross. We turn to Jerusalem. Okay. And... So this is right here where we know that he's in trouble. This is going to head towards nothing good is going to come of this, a.k.a. he's headed to the cross.
1: This three days and then seeing the people around Lazarus as he's dead, does this mean anything to you in terms of Jesus either trying to figure out how people are going to feel when he dies or learning what grieving means to humans, or is that just something I'm completely
0: making up on the spot? I think it's a great thing to ponder, right? It's a wonderful piece to look at and to sit with and wonder about. Because if we know and believe that Jesus is truly divine and truly human, Jesus also needs to experience grief and loss. Mm-hmm. And understand the cost of life, the cost of love. And though he will escape death, though he will stop death, and though I'm sure he has experienced death within his 33 years by this point, Mm -hmm. right? To have it be a friend, a colleague, a loved one, to have it be his close community that is experiencing this, it's different when it is your community, Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways, maybe, I mean, we don't know, but it's certainly those parallels are there. And if it helps us to reflect on how grief impacts us and how we encounter grief, and how we can encounter grief in the time of death and grief in mourning and funeral rites and funeral practices and understanding of those things. All of that is good for us to spend time with. Excellent.
1: Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. And it is going to be on the slightly lighter side of things. Because, all right, as I said, Lazarus as a character does tend to show up in pop culture because it is such an intriguing story. Do you happen to have a favorite Lazarus reference from the plant that I believe is called the Lazarus plant that you can not water for a long time and then finally water and it comes back to life? <laughs> or one of my favorites is that he showed up in a comedy routine of somebody basically calling like a baseball game as if Jesus and the disciples and Lazarus were part of the team. And <laughs> oh, no, it's Lazarus. He's down. Nope. He's up again. Huh? <laughs> slightly more irreverent than i think most people would want but still makes me laugh every time i think about it that's brilliant
0: i i think i'm intrigued by this idea like i think it really was like some television show maybe or some book or something that had this idea of lazarus as this immortal that is still alive can't die again and isn't dead and can't die again and is still kind of chilling and hanging out and is here until the second coming, you know? Oh, wow. Right? And just what does that mean? And just the whole idea of hanging out and watching all the changes go and having to deal with all the changes and how the story is told when he was here for it. hmm Yeah. So I think that's a very intriguing storyline to play with and to ponder and imagine. It's absolutely not in scripture, not scripturally based. This is nothing that you can quote me as saying that this is accurate and biblically sound. This is a fascinating imagination exploration activity, but it's a very intriguing one.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Lazarus. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic
0: as do I. And thank you all for joining along in this storytelling time about Lazarus. I hope you learned something new or found something new to ponder. If you have thoughts, questions, or ideas, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org. You can listen to our backlog of episodes or keep up with us on iTunes or Spotify. And until we are back in your ears again, remember... God loves you no matter what.